I wonder if people have Portal 2 Phyrexias. Portal 2 Phyrexia. I'll just always call it New Phyrexia. Everything is New Phyrexia. I can't get away from it. Well, it's not a problem. during the Brothers War. <laughs> no, this is but... Original flavor Phyrexia. I'm not used to Phyrexia being a place. It's been not a place for many years. <laughs> the Brothers War took place like thousands of years ago. 4,500 years ago. I learned that from an arena splash screen. Okay, yeah. I was going to say 4,000. That was going to be my ballpark. That's pretty close. Because I know we're around 4,000 AR in the years. Argivian Reckoning. Yeah. Is that also in a splash screen? I think that was on the same arena splash screen, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you that's about what zero AR is when the, mm -hmm. the brothers were born. Well, I think it literally defined Argivian Reckoning by Urza's birth date. Urza was born on the first day of the year and Mishra was born on the last. Uh, They're born in the same year. Interesting. I didn't know that. That wasn't on an arena splash screen. But now you know. Yep. Uh, that's all the flavor discussion for this episode. I mean, so far. Oh, did you see the Phyrexia got pushed back? Oh, I think it's all will be one. I think that's this one. Mm -hmm. I get them all messed up. Wait, the like the spoiler season got pushed back or what? Everything. The release got pushed back. Oh, wow. That's wild. Yeah. And it the Pro Tour happens a week after the pushed back release. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's... It's a, Oh, that's crazy and it comes out on line after the that so you can't practice the draft format oh like you have one week to tr to practice the draft format and you can only do it in paper or and you can only do it in paper wow it's like 2005 again unless i misread the schedule i mean uh, that's kind of that's like i i mean the problem is that that like really favors like specific groups of very like, large it, teams yeah it enfranchise players with large teams and not enfranchise players who like go it on their own like they're kind of like left out in the cold here i mean that's you know peak 2005 right right <laughs> i mean there is something cool about like fresh fresh format for the pro tour i liked war of the spark uh the war of the spark pro tour mm -hmm. where it was this is the pre-release yes boom that's kind of sick yeah, and, and that also favored large teams where they just like made a cube. They proxy the right, exactly. Yeah. So that's probably the ideal is like a fresh format, but give everybody at least a week online to just like jam as hard as they can. And then, yeah, as hard as they're willing to. Yeah. I mean, that that is a stressful week, but it's entertaining to watch because you're just like, I don't, I don't know anything about this format. Let's see how the pros are handling it. Yeah, it also just makes it more limited. It's hard to get eyes on so you can get eyes on it by oh right i don't know what any of these cards are <laughs> this is the new format yeah yeah it's kind of too bad because like brothers war limited is so good i would love to see a pro tour played with brothers war as the draft format so that's i've also had a really big problem watching limited past like the draft portion which they don't usually do a good job of covering mm -hmm. because i'm always so much more invested in like minutia of one person in deck and you don't get that very often <laughs> yeah i mean i think we've talked about this before right like the way to cover a draft is to watch a person draft and then and watch all of their it. matches yeah like oh, caveat on the read duke terminology uh someone in flesh and blood used it to like describe that style of coverage mm -hmm. they were like you just need a read duke tournament 
and the other guy did not know who Reed Duke was. That's fair. If you're not from Magic, but still had heard of the Reed of Duke GP format, Reed Duke. yeah, because yes. it's so good, and they never <laughs> did it again. It, it's just incredible. Well, they also stopped doing GPs right after that, right? I mean, yeah. Well, they was it right after that? Oh, it was. It's 2018. Yeah. So they, wow, they had a GP whole year for a year after that. Yeah. Granted, the the MP he was in the MPL, so basically no reason for him to try to play in Grand Prix in 2019, 2020. He did not play in a single Grand Prix in 2019. Mm-hmm. That was, in fact, the last Grand Prix he ever oh, well, attended. But they didn't need to literally follow Reed Duke around for another GP. They just needed to pick somebody popular and good and like no, doing, but yeah, that had some the problem. All those people were in the MPL. And none of them had any reason to play a GP. So, yeah, I yeah. guess they removed the possibility of doing that mostly. But it was a cool idea that they've never like even tried to iterate on afterward. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Another thing we... I will lay squarely at the foot of Commander. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just blame Commander for everything. Yes. <laughs> blame Commander players specifically. Just really lay this at their feet for enjoying a different thing. No, it's not the Commander player's fault. I want to make that distinction very clear. <laughs> They're bad for other reasons. The Commander format is the bad, the ultimate bad guy. I don't have a way of characterizing this, but like legacy players versus commander players is like the funniest matchup in the world to me it happens all the time it's <laughs> so good it it also hurts that the legacy players are they know what's going on more so than commander players like commander players just pop in and just yell and have mm -hmm. discourse without any or, like reason and, and they also make a tweet they, they love to make tweets that are like completely without context like i feel like this card is really underrated and it's just like some rare from a set from like a year and a half ago and like it's i guess it's implied that it's like people don't play this enough in commander but there's like no context whatsoever and then it'll just have like 700 likes my favorite commander twitter content is always the uh bashing the rules committee that's my favorite part i mean that's the funnest yeah because it's stupid I mean, we can just go into it now, I guess. Since yeah, we're we should. We're going into it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 272 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Castor-Rappel. With me is Lee McLeod. Hey, Lee. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing good. This episode, we're going to... We're still... We're in December now, so... This is know. the off-season. You wouldn't know it by the amount of previews we're getting, but it is the off-season. <laughs> well, we're not getting any previews that, like, matter for us, so... <laughs> Next week, New, for yeah. Or, yeah, New Phyrexia previews come out. Yeah. The 13th. Not New Phyrexia. Stop calling it that. No, it's actual New Phyrexia. Wait, is that what it's called? New Phyrexia All Will Be One, I believe is the set. I thought it was just Phyrexia All Will Be One, but all right, all right. Wait, is it? No way. Phyrexia All Will Be One. No, you're right. It is. It's not New Phyrexia. Phyrexia All Will Be One. The same. It's still on New Phyrexia, at least. Yeah, but at some, t at some point you stop calling it New Phyrexia. Just like we stopped calling New York, New York at some point. Just well, wait, hold on. 
Isn't York in England? I guess because there still is a York. That's why New York has to stay New York and like New Jersey stays New Jersey. But if, if ever one of those places were destroyed, you could take the new off of there. Is that how it works? I guess empirically that's how it has to work since old Phyrexia is destroyed. Mm-hmm. So there's no one to like be confused on airport terminals or whatever. Planner terminals. Yes. Planner portals. But we are going to talk about, because it's December and, you know, this, there's nothing too much better to do. We are going to talk about just like all the nonsense set release things, the initiative mechanic and commander cards in Legacy generally. Do you... Okay, this is a fair question, I feel. Do you know how the initiative works at uh, this point? Yeah, you take the initiative, which makes you enter the Underdark, and then I am a little fuzzy on the details after that. I know you like go into a room when you hit them, or when you at the beginning of your turn, when you hit them, do you take the initiative, and then you go deeper? In the, I don't know. Do you share the dungeon, or do you each get your own Underdark? I'm fuzzy on the details, and Anurag wants me to help cover Legacy this weekend, so you know, I'm going to have to do a little bit of research. So the initiative is kind of like the Monarch. It's like a thing you have, mm-hmm. and once it's in the game, it's there forever. When you gain the initiative or when you, at the beginning of your turn, at the beginning of your upkeep, you venture into a dungeon. Okay. If you're already in a dungeon, you just go to that one. But if you're not in a dungeon, you start the Undercity dungeon. Okay. Which is busted because it's balanced around commander. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, I know a lot of what happens in the Undercity. I know you get a basic land from your deck. You get... uh, two plus one plus one counters on a dude uh the end of it is you just like get a creature from the top like 10 cards or whatever of your library into play well not only do you get a creature from the top 10 cards of your library it gets three plus one plus one counters <laughs> oh good and it permanently gains hexproof oh or it, wow. no it gains hexproof until the end of your next turn so it gets a turn it goes to your turn for guaranteed sure not bad the game doesn't last that long usually yeah uh, the, the room that says trap with an exclamation point mm-hmm. is just a lava axe and it's like the third one you go to <laughs> and they usually die because like the creature you got the initiative from becomes a five five and it also has protection from creatures so yeah <laughs> so you know a couple five five attacks and a lava axe and they're usually dead yeah i mean you want to tackle legacy versus commander the discourse (laughs) really just (laughs) the 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 shittiest matchup you've ever seen it just reminds me of kind of like the muppet show you've got (laughs) yeah the two old men those are the Mm. legacy players and the commander players are just represented by animal like the ones who are vocal on twitter (laughs) because there there is a sect of commander players that are just doing their own stuff and they don't care about any of the things they're just you know doing their games playing it up they don't care about anything they're right. they're just doing them they're that's like 95 percent of commander players at least yeah. they're blessed they're the best yeah. they're what we should all strive for enjoying themselves like playing the game spending the amount of money they feel like on it and eating snacks with friends they're, it's an idyllic life everyone else is just in the arena <laughs> <laughs> You, you think it's like, you know, the arena of ideas where we're like battling with concepts and trying to like argue and find out. But it's really just like people being dickheads to each other about stuff. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Um, so people getting real, real mad about other people's takes on Commander Cards entering Legacy, the newest iteration of this phenomenon, I guess, which has happened many, many times over the years, starting with like True Name Nemesis, I think was the first really big one. And then it's just happened yeah. a million times. Uh, but now the initiative cards are really the best thing you can be doing in Legacy. And I don't know, the format hasn't adjusted to them yet and may not be able to. So people are like kind of mad about that. And I don't know, it it takes me like a lot more energy to get mad about this kind of stuff than I'm willing to like bring to bear on the, this particular topic. No, I get it. I, I think there's some merit to... So there was a discussion with Gavin and such. Gavin was talking about this earlier that he, he made a couple creatures for a precon and they just are destroying legacy now. These are White Plume Adventurer and the other one I don't remember the name of that's a party-based guy that also yeah. adventures. These cards basically do the same thing. They're just like ETP, you get the initiative. Uh, one of them, whatever it attacks, you explore and you get protection from creatures. So that one's like, they go into three drop into four drop and they chalice you and thalia you and whatever the first couple turns mm -hmm. and then they just explore this dungeon while killing you so fast well and they often play one of them on turn one with like ancient tomb chrome box yeah, kill you yeah that that was one of my favorite tweets uh don't worry this product's not for you you don't have to worry about it oh okay i won't bother then it's commander set next legacy tournament all right yeah. ancient tomb chromox white plume adventurer venture into the undercity get a basic like, hold on stop <laughs> wait i wish i had paid enough attention to know what venturing into the undercity is but you told me i didn't have to worry about this because it's not for me yeah when you oh the one thing i didn't mention about the initiative is if you it's like the monarch if you hit them it changes hands but when you hit them and you gain the initiative you also get to venture into the dungeon mm-hmm it's okay. like if you, whenever you became the monarch, you drew a card immediately. It's kind of like that. Gotcha. And then you have to like hit them again to keep going into the dungeon. No, that... you just get it every upkeep. Oh, so you both you have, have the initiative. Then no, it's like the monarch. It trades back and forth. So you have to hit them again to keep going into. To it, yes. Right? Yeah. If, yeah. If you if you, if you have the initiative, you keep venturing. If right. you don't have the initiative, you have to hit them. Right. Gotcha. Or you when you hit them, you get to go another room initiative. in. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Or you can also, you know, uptick your tel your Eliwick Tumblestrom mm -hmm. to venture deeper into the Undercity. <laughs> I did see a Legacy deck playing that. Yeah, I think Minx and, Minsk and Boo is probably the Planeswalker of choice for most of the Legacy decks right now. It's, it's in your flex slot. <laughs> I, I think the flex slot should be like the second through fourth Minx and Boos before you hit Eliwick Tumblestrom, probably. There's also... I don't want to call it Chaos Warp Adventurer, but it's a four mana red card that is also it gives you the initiative and it does mm -hmm. something crazy when you finish the initiative. I don't remember what it does. Caves of Chaos Adventurer. It's a Lelia if you've completed a dungeon. Oh. So you can, you know, when it attacks, it's a 5-3. You can banish top card of your deck and play it until end of turn if you've completed a dungeon. Mm. Without paying its mana cost. <laughs> oh yeah, and this is just a four mana 5-3 trample when it ETBs you take the initiative. That's like a lot yeah it's a big boy so the the going back to the gavin thing i was referencing the issue is kind of they look at these cards for legacy they like make sure nothing's out of line but they do not test them like at all mm -hmm. they just review the card file 
say, yep, that's fine. Not These are not powerful enough for legacy or whatever. And then they just keep going. Because like sometimes cards are like Kappa Cannoneer. They impact legacy, but they don't define it. It's just mm-hmm. part of the format. Like Kappa Cannoneer is that improvised six drop that gets really big, but is also susceptible to all the artifact stuff like Meltdown, mm-hmm. which sees play in legacy because of it, in part because of that and the, uh, the Moxon and such. But they don't balance around any legacy things right and so no one knew this was even going to be part of legacy no one played it in legacy and paper for a very or in a online for a very long time because the cards weren't put into magic online <laughs> until like a month ago yep. people were just asking over and over and over again for magic online to add these initiative cards into the client uh they did you know, Popper saw bans like immediately because obviously yeah. no, the the commons, which all cost five and six mana, but they ran roughshod over that format for the same reasons. Like these, the the Undercity Dungeon is balanced for a four player forty life game, right? And it's like hard to to take the initiative, ba- like it's hard to keep the initiative when there's three other players, and also there are like three other players, like turns before you get your initiative benefit again so it's like a completely different concept in multiplayer yeah but when you're playing popper or legacy you just get the initiative and keep going keep it. You... and you just keep it because <laughs> your deck is all your deck is designed to keep it yeah you get your land you get your two plus one plus one counters then you five them then they're dead <laughs> you don't even go through the last of the dungeons mm-hmm that was some of the pushback on Gavin's tweet was, hey, we knew these cards were going to be good in Legacy ever since they were printed, but there are so few Legacy paper tournaments. You're only seeing results now because they've been on Magic Online for very little time. Gavin didn't really have a good answer for that. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like they have a I, I certainly don't blame Gavin. You know, no. it's a it's a resources problem. It's a prioritization problem at higher levels of like are we going to assign the amount of people to this task that we would need to make sure that you know right now the review process is basically like did we put any cards that say delve in the commander set no okay well then it's probably fine for legacy and clearly that's not quite good enough if they're actually concerned about legacy which they just yeah i think they both aren't and probably shouldn't be Mm -hmm. like i don't think you can on its face keep promoting or even try to promote a format where you just have publicly said multiple times you're not going to print the most expensive cards in it ever again so people just are going to be priced out of it eventually right if they're I not mean, already it's like a bad like capital b capital f bad format and paper right because the barrier to entry is so high yeah and also from i know watsi's perspective especially nowadays it's way more worth it for them for their bottom line to just put more products out and put more people on developing products than it is to like you know balance the existing game mm-hmm. and i mean legacy is very very difficult to yeah very difficult so yeah I, I mean i agree with all that there is just like a really obnoxious like cycle problem that just like keeps happening which is because of the way these cards are like released on magic online you know, you wait for them to come out. They come out in treasure chests. They're infinitely expensive. You have to buy them on Moto to keep up in your legacy Moto tournaments. That is your hobby and how you like to play Magic. And then they will get banned at some point, and then you're just out. 
and that like cycle of like you know it's fine to print cards and then sometimes have to ban them when they are too strong but like at some point the monetary outlay for keeping up and doing this is just like a real problem and not fun for people and and really messes up the format and the experience yes i agree with that i don't think there's a great solution for it like i'm pretty sure they're they want legacy and vintage to just be you know play with whatever cards you want like as long as they're not literally banned yeah but i i don't know i i do just i feel particularly for the people who play the eternal formats on moto and that's how they like to play magic because this really messes them up for a significant period every time these kind of cards just happen though i will say i do enjoy a mono white deck being like the boogeyman and legacy i mean yeah it's a nice change like i i actually think it's about time <laughs> those stupid delvers got some comeuppance it's been years see and and that's a thing like if th- things settle out so that this is a strategy that isn't just like 60% plus against everything and actually like becomes a part of the metagame and you have to account for it, but it is beatable and it shifts things around. And now like there legitimately is a deck that you can choose that's not is it Delver. Like that's a good thing for Legacy. You have to either ban cards out of Delver or print cards that can keep up in order to make that happen. And so in an ideal world, this would work out okay uh and if you never print legacy power level cards then that can't happen so i don't know who knows yeah i think most of the the vast majority of command releases have been like fine or cool for legacy like when retrofair foundry shows up or in legacy is a one of especially once urza saga came out that's neat it's cool it's not like offending mm-hmm. anyone yeah if lelia sees play in vintage along lelia the blade reforged sees play in vintage along with um underworld bridge that's sick that's cool yeah and if things settle down so the initiative deck is just a deck and not like unbeatable or whatever which the cards in legacy are so good that it just doesn't i, I don't know i'm no legacy donk or whatever so i yeah the real troublesome thing about this card set is that the mechanic the initiative is just impossible to interact with yeah like it's it's kind of the same thing as the monarch when you know before people figured out that you could just kill them the dungeon thing it happens immediately and then on your next turn and then it keeps getting worse and worse and these creatures trigger it so easily that it's it just kind of feeds into itself and you can't it's hard to get the dungeon away from them or get the initiative away from them because by the time you get it, you're like already behind on going through the dungeon. And so they just like keep pressing an advantage. I, I get it. It like it's certainly very good and it might end up being too good and it would be a failure then if they have to ban it. But the the fact that like it is shaking up legacy, like I can't be too mad at like legacy has been stale. They banned Raghavan and is it Delver was still the best deck by a lot yeah. express federation and Merktide regent finally have some competition in some white yeah. three drop and some white four drop unexpected but I, I like it yeah it's it's hard for me to get like real real mad about it it is kind of silly for commander players to get mad at legacy players for being mad about it though but it, it's kind of weird i don't it doesn't really affect so the commander cards are affecting legacy 
the legacy players are not affecting commander that's what's weird about the the back and forth between the communities to me is that these commander products products are specifically targeted towards commander but they're making a huge impact in legacy Mm -hmm. and legacy players are you know feel about that one way or the other yeah whereas the reverse is just not true yeah it does not matter anything what the legacy players are doing none of it affects commander players not a bit and it's also like kind of punching down because like legacy players have nothing right (laughs) like they don't they don't get products they don't get events they don't get youtube shows they're just like scraping together like trying to make a hobby and i'm not gonna begrudge commander players any of their fun but if you enjoy playing commander magic you like that's you got you got everything man you're doing just fine maybe it's not as good as you want it to be like it was back in the day if you're nostalgic about that i, yeah, I hear but that nothing is as good as it used to be right yeah exactly but you still have everything come on <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> just just let the legacy players be bitter old men it's like part of the whole concept of being a legacy player yes exactly all right, moving on to our next drama topic. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're all spiced today. Right. So I saw a bunch of stuff about Dominaria Remastered having a 24-hour spoiler season where all the cards are going to be released in the next, like, day. I also, seeing that tweet, had to Google Dominaria Remastered to find out what it was. So <laughs> uh, once again, I was not very mad about this because it didn't really affect me at all because I have not- I still don't really understand what Dominaria Remastered is. It's a reissue set, just like cards from across Magic's history that are set on Dominaria. It doesn't make anything legal in anything. It's just like for drafting or whatever, I guess. Yeah, it's for drafting and for injecting more retro frames into the ecosystem. Oh, it's like perfect. very similar to Time Spiral Remastered. Mm-hmm. Whereas Time Spiral Remastered was a draft format where you got, you know, your your retro card slot. That is a way to sell the set, basically, while it was reprinting all the random Thomas Sparrow cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's a, a step much further, where you, you know, you're just grabbing cards from Alpha all the way to Apocalypse, skipping like Mercanian Masks block, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like all of those are fair game because all of that's set on Dominaria, and the the set Dominaria, of course. And that includes, they've already spoiled like Force of Will and some random stuff like Arborea, which is a world enchantment. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, that, that one's a, at a rare. So it's more might, frequent. Might get some slightly different templating on the, the world enchantment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Legends cards are unreadable. So there's going to have to be some level of explanation on the card of what, what an enchant world is. I don't think you can just like nope. leave that be. There is not. <laughs> There's not. It just says enchant world on it. Uh, world enchantment is world the, enchantment. the oracle text okay. nowadays. Okay. Yeah, so it's a super type. I guess it would have to be because it, like enchant creature is not a type anymore. It's enchantment aura. Yeah. So it's just a draftable set. I don't know if it's premium priced. It would not surprise me if it was. We got several spoilers today, of which I remember very few of them because I was busy at work. But I do know that by the time you hear this podcast, the set will have already been fully spoiled. Yes. Like, I don't have very much of the set in front of me right now, but tomorrow the entire card gallery drops and you get to see all the cards, which kind of lends the question, 
why is, didn't they just release the card gallery today? <laughs> so I, I have a couple of thoughts about this. Uh, I mean, it's it's like hard for me to get mad about it because I don't I didn't even know this set existed. I think the like, main criticism I have is like this sucks for the Scryfall programmers to have yes. a set dumped in a day. So I do feel for them. Like, I don't really care about spoiler cycles or whatever, but to have a product that you're like the entire spoiler season for this is one day. Also, I'd never heard of it until now. I feel like we're just at kind of this peak of product release where there's just products released and they're like oh shoot we completely forgot to do any hype for this thing like a day i i mean it's just a weird look for am i supposed to get excited about this who is this targeted for what is the like concept of this thing and where like where is the hype supposed to come from i don't know that like it feels like a set they made so they could sell to distributors distributors just pass them along to the stores and one day people find them like oh can we draft this and they just draft it and then people buy singles online that's like what the set feels like it was designed to do since mm-hmm. it's not really marketed for anything like yeah. there's no secret layers that are dominaria dominaria is coming out here's like a dominaria secret layer you know it's right. just the cards are there's just a bunch of retro frame cards to make, kind of make people interested in them because people really like those and that's kind of it yeah they really figured out that they could milk that didn't they oh yeah they did and they're gonna do it i think this is gonna be like a yearly thing they're just gonna have to keep doing remastered sets and they're just gonna throw more old border cards into it until all the old frame cards you could shake a stick at are wait but i'm confused if like most of the cards are from like alpha through apocalypse those are all they were already all all in old borders so i guess i just don't understand the concept of this set you are correct chris (laughs) (laughs) i'll read you some of the old border cards that are being reprinted okay uh and you can easily count off which ones you've seen in in, you know previous Mm -hmm. printings swords to postures that's an ice age card yep force of will Okay. Alliances. Yep. Time Stretch. That's from Odyssey, I think. Mm-hmm. Sneak Attack. Urza Saga. Urza Saga. Arborea. I mentioned that one already. That's from Legends. <laughs> well, since Bur- it's an enchant world, yes. <laughs> Birds of Paradise. That's Alpha. Alpha. Jester's Cap. That's Ice Age again. And Tatiova Benthic Druid. That's a Dominaria card. So of the eight cards currently on Scryfall. Tatiova. Tatiova is the order. only one that's not old frame. Yeah. Now, all of these are, I, I can't even say all of them are new art because Sneak Attack and Birds of Paradise have their original printing art. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, though, because, like, there is a market for, like, I would love an old border, black border, Birds of Paradise, but I don't have $1,500 to spend on a Birds of Paradise. So I, I get the concept here for at least that, for Birds of Paradise specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe sneak attack too, I guess. Uh, the Force of Will has a new artwork, which is uh, not by Therese Nielsen, but does have a new border and an old border uh, printing, mm-hmm. which is nice because it's not like the here's Force of Will on this set. It's only an extended art, super full, super full art yeah, <laughs> kind <sure>. of deal. <laughs> so if you're, you know, 
still wanting to play Legacy and you want some Force Wheels, you have more choices now. Yeah. That's good. I mean, there's probably some stuff that will come out of this that it's like, I'm glad that these exist, but I wonder what... They reprinted the Lightning Planes from Odyssey. That's Ooh. one of the basic lines in the set. I do like that Planes. Uh, they also reprinted the the wheat field planes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it other than you just you are in the middle of a field of wheat. The gladiator planes. Uh, I don't know what the gladiator planes is. Is that the same one I'm talking about? I thought it was. I'm pretty sure it's by John Avon. Yeah, no, planes, I'm just talking think, about the invasion. scene in Gladiator where he's going through the field oh, of wheat and holding okay, his hand okay. up. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, it's that, exactly that. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I did watch the stream and. Wizards did not do a good job of posting their stream highlights. So that's Dominary Remastered. As far as we know it now. And tomorrow we'll know all the cards in the set. And I don't know what the product will really do, but it exists. I mean, I guess we'll know more once we know what cards are in the set. Like that will help explain the purpose of it. Will it though? (laughs) Uh, At least it'll like imply what it's intended to do, I guess. I hope it's there to make cards cheaper, but yeah. that seems, you know. I mean, making like desirable versions of Birds of Paradise with mark with original art and extra Force of Wills with non-Therese Nielsen art, like there's like good concepts here at work, I guess. Yeah, Time Stretch has fantastic art that Ooh. I really like. Okay. Uh, it's kind of Castlevania-esque to me. Okay. But, I mean, you know, I, don't... I, haven't, I haven't played with Time Stretch since like the last time I played Commander, which yeah, was a very long time that's ago. A, that's a hella Commander card. I'm sure that that is yeah. desirable. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's in like three different versions of the set, normal, <laughs> retro, and full art. Given like some of the stuff they've released, a re-release of desirable cards in interesting formats, like like interesting arts and stuff like that, in a draftable set is like one of the least offensive things that they could come out with. Like it it actually sounds kind of cool. So I'm not mad about this one. Oh no, it's good. I just, I kind of like the method of reprinting more where they kind of like the brothers were right. And Strixhaven where they just have a bonus sheet in the main set and you, you get to draft with it and it reprints a bunch of cards. Like right. sure, maybe Worm Coil Engine is not the ideal limited Brothers War experience. But I, it, I have fallen <laughs> victim of the Worm Coil Engine. It just like kind of comes with the tip. There are exile effects in the format. There's like there's a good arrest, but if you don't have one of those and the worm comes down, yeah, just die. I know. I've really played. Dead. I've played so many games of limited against Worm Coil Engine more than anyone should have to. Um. The, and although there is exile base removal, the amount of power stone making that happens in this format means that if Wormclaw Engine comes down, it usually comes down on turn like four or five. And that's really not beatable if you don't just have an arrest right in your hand. Yeah. No. But uh, anyway, so not, we're not talking about Wormclaw Engine. Yes, I think that the bonus sheet has been like really awesome. And this, I guess, is just a set that is a bonus sheet, which is a little odd because it doesn't have like its, you know, central purpose of being a standard deck or a standard set being filled. But I don't know how fun it is likely to be to draft given the cards that are like that have to be in it. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Source to Plowshares out on Gaumen is certainly a, a terror. <laughs> that's <for> limited. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> 
that's pretty fucked up. But they could, they obviously can't make it like a rare because it's not, you know, you get swords to plowshares in your rare slot. That feels weird for collectability purposes. Yeah, I wish sets like this, the reprint sets, were just two rare sets, honestly. Uh, if your purpose is to try and reprint stuff, like just put two rares in the packs. You're, you could sell a bunch more. And then you have the special versions to upsell the packs, right? Yeah. That's not a thing that you used to have, but... I don't know. Relatively inoffensive, and you can also just completely ignore it if you're not interested in it, unlike certain other things that affect your legacy format, even if you're not interested in it. Spoilers are also currently ongoing for Explorer Anthology 2. Woo. Which, you know, I... I, I want Pioneer on Arena, right? Like, I just want that to happen. I want yes. Explorer to be complete or at least mostly uh, complete, effectively complete. Get the good cards in there. Let me build the main Pioneer decks at a minimum. And then maybe some of my brews, I can't quite do exactly <laughs> it. But like, give me the main cards and then we can like go from there. I explore introducing Explorer Anthology 3 hidden strings hope tender <laughs> just all the random lotus field cards <laughs> yeah, the, give me the stupid lotus field cards thespian stage etc etc i mean hope tender is there right like that's amonkhet hidden, yeah, that's hidden strings however yeah there's no no cypher cards on arena yet you know i i think anthologies are like pretty whatever at least like it puts them on the platform and then i can craft the the things so which is mostly how i have benefited from anthologies so i'm like not offended by the concept of the anthologies i think buying them is usually like not a good deal for you some of the choices in this anthology are fantastic like it fills in a bunch of spots with just stuff that you need like we've got brave the elements soldier the pantheon ethereal armor i'm saying the good ones first right i'm giving them credit in red we get eidolon fiery impulse rending volley like these are all necessary to have in the format nylea's presence showing up in green a nod to the leyline binding decks and how good that is Seder wayfinder finally showing up so that's going to be nice to for for grease fang players reflector mage finally showing up on the platform and, and nick those that's really, really important. That's going to mess up Explorer, and I don't know that the green deck is going to be possible to keep up with because the other, some of the other powerful tools are straight up missing still because we still do not have... We don't have Delve spells. We don't have pieces of the puzzle. At least the green deck doesn't have Oath of Nyssa yet, but that it's weird that that's missing. Thing in the Ice, blue decks don't have that. Stuff like Chain to the Rocks, uh, the Charms, you know, Is It Charm and Boros Charm aren't on there. There's just a bunch of stuff that sees significant play that isn't there. And then meanwhile, Explorer Anthology 2 includes Dispel, Counter Target Instant Spell, Eerie Interlude, not gonna say the text because the fact that you don't know the text dear listener means that this is not relevant for pioneer a bunch of eldrazi for some reason this is the eldrazi are not pioneer playable this is not how we we don't put even thought not seer in our decks certainly not eldrazi displacer yeah to clarify these are the colorless eldrazi you know thought not seer matter shaper mm. it's not the cool elder deep fiend eldrazi <laughs> No, those, yeah, the, the ones that you could potentially make a dumb, awesome brew around. It's just like the clunky, colorless ones and wastes. World Breaker, that's not one that we play. Sliver Hive Lord, excuse me, sliver creatures you control have indestructible. I mean, haven't you been wanting that for Explorer? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been desperate for it, but it's not really relevant. No, it's not. Uh, we do get Mutavault. I appreciate that. That's very important. But I mean, accomplished with the Sliver Hive Lord. Yes, of course. It does make the Sliver Hive Lord a little more difficult to cast if you have Mutavault in your deck, though. I mean, you have to make some sacrifices if you're going to play Slivers. Yes. <laughs> get, get your Sliver Hive Lord stuck in your hand every game. That's probably... If I had to guess... That's the only reason why Slivers is not Pioneer playable. Is there a Gemhide Sliver in Historic? I, I don't know. Yeah. Is it Mana Wift? Mana Wift Sliver? Yeah, Mana Wift Sliver exists. Uh, but I don't know if it exists in Arena yet. Yeah, that's what I was asking. I know yeah. there are. I know that they do exist since I said the name of both of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it appears to be Explorer legal. So I guess it made its way onto Arena at some point. Oh, cool. Probably a Historic Anthology at some uh, point. Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Oh, the, that that medley of words again. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't quite remember what how that's supposed to like be put together into something. Well, it was a it was a historic horizons mm -hmm. in with the jumpstart. The jumpstart, yeah. Speaking but, of jumpstart, oh, do you want? Are you done with the anthology? Well, I just want to say like it is really weird. I if the goal is to make Explorer into Pioneer. We got Explorer Anthology 1 this year. Explorer Anthology 2 comes in December of this year. We're on pace to have Pioneer completed by like August 2035 or so. Like this we're is, never going to get there. This bundle Anthology 2 is 24 cards. <laughs> they could they could just do a 120 card anthology and you know, historic anthology uh, jumpstart or whatever. And just make, make all it, the like yeah all the tier one decks would like yeah. you could complete with about fifty cards I think yeah yeah exactly uh, so do I don't that. I don't really understand why they don't start with that they have done a reasonable job of in the meantime printing things and other stuff to put it into explore we got stuff like we've got Swift Spear now we got some spirits not Spell Queller but like the rest of the spirits somehow the elves are in the format. I, but we're just missing stuff. We're missing some of the really good stuff, Delve spells in particular, and there's just no reason why we shouldn't just have that yet. And do you know how many sets became legal in Bioneer since then, too? <laughs> like, all of them. Which, granted, are all on Arena, but... Yeah. So, it's just like, like you either like abandon the idea of it or you make it happen, and leaving it in this limbo half-space is just silly. I would love to have been able to get games of pioneer in before regionals on arena because just like my brain just shuts down and like creates a buzzing noise when i have to play moto for more than like an hour and a half at a time and i know arena is terrible but at least i can like get games in because I, the flashing lights and colors stimulate my little baby brain so <laughs> I, it would have been really nice to have been able to do some amount of pioneer play on arena going into the regional championship. Couldn't do that. It would be really nice to be able to do that before the next pioneer thing, which regionals after next is pioneer again, for whatever reason. But I have no, like, there's just no reason to think that we're going to be anywhere close to that on arena by then. And I like, come on, come on. That's all. That's all I got to say. All right, I'm going to go on a quick jumpstart caveat while we're just talking about all the products under the sea. Sure. 
I really like Jumpstart 2022. Uh, Jumpstart, the first one came out in, you know, pandemic. It came out in 2020. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of was a wash because no one could do anything with it. <laughs> it it gave us muxus and then left our lives uh and the elf the green spells can't be countered elf oh yeah uh, allosaur shepherd, your favorite shepherd. dinosaur elf it's not a dinosaur it's only an elf anyway it turns your I... elves into dinosaurs <laughs> is what allosaur <laughs> shepherd does because it gives them the dinosaur type they're riding dinosaurs <laughs> absolutely not that's not how it works every single card where a character is riding an animal of some sort the type is only the rider and not the animal by giving the elves the dinosaur creature type it indicates that it is turning the elves into dinosaurs where they would not have the creature type. This is this is magic canon. This is how so, cards work. So why would that elf be shepherding a bunch of dinosaurs? Well, they're Were elves they previously that have been turned elves? into dinosaurs. Yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, that actually makes much more sense. No. This this that's really cool. I like I like the jumpstart sets. They they have I think this one was done very well. Okay. It has some cool first printed cards, like cards that are playable in commander and eternal formats and cube there's some really cool ones and some really really simple ones that just should have existed already like there's a card called soul read which is four mana instant modal spell either draw two cards or counter a spell unless it's controller phase four so it's a split card inspiration counter spell convolute i guess yeah it's archmage's charm but not like pushed to the gills yeah exactly it's just a common mm -hmm. but that card should be legal somewhere you know mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's a little more card advantage plus than supreme will that's what the yeah it's called right yeah a, a perennial cube favorite yeah exactly and there's just a bunch of cool cards in it there's a a ton of reprints and there's a ton of reprints that have been weebified <laughs> which has interesting results i liked i enjoyed looking through all of them some of them are extremely tame like king of the pride has one they're all by japanese artists mm -hmm. king of the pride is the lion lord it's a three minute two one that gives all your cats plus two plus one it literally just looked like king king of the pride it's just oh. a it, it didn't get any like you didn't know, get any like first modifications yeah yeah but some of them like balan the wandering knight this is a leonin uh knight He's a, a cat with a bunch of swords. He's a Leonin. Uh, but in this anime, art, he <laughs> is now a cat girl. So uh, I just like kind of scrolling through them. Some of them are really, really good. Uh, like the Preordain, I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And the mirror, mirror Image. Yeah, the Preordain is very cool. Yes, the Preordain is gorgeous. Uh, but I, I think this product, I hope it sells well because I would like to see more of them. Well, but they're just like... And now yeah. I'm, I know these are like pre-order singles prices, so they don't really reflect reality. But I am looking at Balan Wondering Night, Commander 2017, $4.77. Jumpstart 2022, $34.38. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to pay a $30 premium for the cat girl version of this card. Yeah, I don't also know. Balan is not a desirable card, right? No, People it's like not that really playable. I can't imagine. I tried playing it in cube once, and it was very bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. you can put this in any re like normal to like you have to be like straight off the wall before you can put this into a cube and have it work. You're right. Yeah, but this sounds cool. I, I hope they do more of them. Like good reprints, good new cards, and nothing's broken. Like there's no initiative cards in here. It's just a <laughs> bunch of goofy stuff. 
and then a bunch of anime carts that are fun to scroll through. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sitting here mad about Jumpstart. I do recall the Arena Jumpstart experience being uh, one of Horrendous. the worst ways to play Magic that I could possibly imagine. You just like paid several dollars and then could play like two matches with it or whatever. And uh, or you could play like a bunch of matches for like no prize whatsoever. It was just very expensive and very difficult to fill out a jumpstart collection by playing those matches so that really soured me on the jumpstart concept just the way that they delivered it to arena which was the only way to experience it during the height of covid so hopefully you know it does seem like a thing that would be fun to play if you can sit down with some friends and crack some jumpstart packs and play them against each other so hopefully getting to play it in the intended form will be a better experience that's all I had on that. That's fair. What, what else is on our docket? That's kind of it. I put in a section here. We could talk about modern some. I mean, we could spend like a minute or two on it. I don't think we want to go like super, super in depth. Next week, we will be joined by Jesse Robkin after the close of the NRG series and a modern NRG tournament this weekend. And so mm-hmm. she will be filling us in on modern and I assume breach and all of those shenanigans. I, I mean, we can briefly go over the format, but I think the the long and short of it is like Yorian got banned, four color reduced proportionately. Breach is the best deck in the format. Stuff is responding to breach, so Racto scam has been on the rise. Eldrazi Tron won the showcase event because it beats the crap out of breach. It just murders them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every card in the deck is just like lights out against the breach deck, so. Merktide, Hammer continue to be rock solid decks. Living End has kind of disappeared as a Cascade deck of choice because the scam matchup is hard and there is like a lot of Rakdos scam running around. The Breach matchup is very good for Living End, so there are spots where like that deck could be playable, but looks like Rhinos has been a lot more of the like a lot a, a much bigger share of the cascade metagame these days uh and a big part of that is leyline binding giving rhinos like a real big boy removal spell that it gets to play yeah which is not something you're kind of interested in living in you're just right your deck's already built into the assumption that you're gonna win on board yeah that you have in you have a plague win built into your cascade spell so you don't really worry that much about killing stuff but rhinos is playing fair magic and getting to put like effectively swords to plowshares into your deck that can't play one mana spells is has been a huge upgrade for that deck prowess has also started to like poke its head back up a little bit uh and primarily the version that i think makes sense is like iconoclast has breathed some life back into it because iconoclast is young pyromancer that makes tokens off of mishra's bauble and the turns that you can get with Underworld Breach and Bobbles and whatnot and uh, an Iconoclast in play, like you just create an enormous amount of power and draw a bunch of cards and kind of put things away. You know, the funny part about Underworld Breach and the Prowess deck is that it's really good, first of all. That's like not even yeah. a question. The cards but- are just broken. You always think about like the cool things you can do about it. Like, all right, you got Underworld Breach, and then you can, you know, cast Mishra's Bobble three times, make some tokens, draw some cards, and then, you know, maybe Manamorphoses your Mishra's Bobble if it has to be, whatever. You know, we're just card advantage Underworld Breaching. But then you get to like the actual games, and you just go like, 
underworld breach bolt you bolt you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just over <laughs> or, or like underworld breach bolt you mutagenic growth dead like that, that's yeah. It. yeah yeah <laughs> no fancy stuff required you just you just kill them <laughs> yes but when the game has gone like kind of you haven't done enough damage and you're like on the back foot a little bit but you've been trading spells and you finally get to land like iconoclast breach bubble 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 then it's like oh wow this game that i could never have won any other way like i can win this way but yeah any game that's going reasonably your way usually that's not the plan <laughs> yeah i just every time i see it in deck lists it's uh, and people talking about it they're like you know i just bolted them they died <laughs> it's just super snapcast the alan range, swan but... breach like bolt you three times all right that's a good know, breach right there it's a pretty good I mean, breach. Does not take very many bolts to kill people. That's what burns all about, right? A treasure cruise that draws three lightning bolts every time is like a really good treasure cruise. They don't let you do that in Pioneer. No, they specifically do not let you do that. They banned Underworld Breach. <laughs> and lightning bolt. Not available either. Yeah, not available either. But yeah, I think we'll get a lot more into the weeds in Modern next week. So I don't want to like spoil it with our plebe takes on it since we're going to get some expert input coming up look if you if you don't know what to play for your rc i'm sure there's a million podcasts that will tell you but you just go to Mangucci's twitter look at the tier list <laughs> and just play whatever Mangucci decides is good i think you should play whatever you are the best at playing out of breach murktide rhinos hammer maybe recto scam but i just never really believe in that deck as like a deck that you can close out a tournament with but that's my own biases speaking but no i think recto scam is perfectly reasonable if you're like yeah there's definitely archetypal things you go through like if you're you jund guy you probably want to blank rhinos or scam like yeah. those are the jundiest of the decks but i think pretty much any of those five is like a, a completely acceptable choice and if you're good at playing any of those then i would just take one of those yeah, but that's that's a next week thing. That's a Jesse thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. You got anything else? Any more unhinged takes? No, we've really gone <laughs> yeah, off the we really deep end ran this. through them this week. Yeah. <laughs> we had like several topics, and we just talked forever about nonsense. I I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think this was a that's fun how, one. That's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, I hope people enjoyed it. Sometimes we're just gonna have goof off. Well, listen, episodes. this isn't our job. We do this for fun. <laughs> I got off work, I made dinner, and then I talked for a few hours with my buddy Chris. <laughs> well, for those of you who did stick with us through this, we do thank you and appreciate your time. I don't know. It is nice to have an audience for our nonsense. But that's it for us. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs>